listeners. I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts and community leaders to help raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about mental health and well being topics. Today, we are delighted to welcome Lane Peace Hendricks to our program. Lane is the Director of Programs and Partnerships at Kate's Club, which is a children's bereavement organization located right here in the Metro Atlanta area. In that role, Lane oversees the quality of all the programs offered to Kate's Club members and their families. She also leads KC Connects, the outreach program of Kate's Clubs. Additionally, Lane trains professionals in Georgia and nationally on how to work with grieving children, young adults, and families. She is a national training associate with the Boys and Girls Club of America, serves on the editorial board of the American Cancer Society, and also on the education committee of the National Alliance for Children's Grief. Lane has created resources for the Georgia Commission on Family Violence on how to support children after domestic homicide. She is also the author of We Come Together as One, Helping Families Grieve, Share, and Heal the Kate's Club Way. Personally, Lane has raised raised two grieving children who are now young adults. She holds a BA in philosophy from Georgia State and an MS in clinical mental health counseling from Mercer University. Lane resides in Tucker, Georgia with her husband. Lane, welcome to the program, and oh my goodness, what a impressive resume. What else, anything else you'd like to share about yourself with our listeners? Um, no, I think that that sums it up. Um, you know, we have, I've been at Kate's Club almost 10 years, and we okay. continue to grow, um, and I've seen, you know, just our, our organization change. Um, to just try to meet the need of more grieving children. And so that's been really exciting in my role here. Um, and usually when I do an introduction, like to our families, I say, I got my master's in counseling, but before that I had my master's in grief. Mm. So as I said, I raised, my daughters were, um, four years old and nine months old when their dad died of cancer in, um, uh, 20, 2000. Now you don't even say 20, okay. I, yeah. 2000. It takes me a moment. So it was many years ago. It was pretty, I was young and they were very young and it's been a long journey. Now they're, they're doing well as young adults. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure that that is 100% attributable to you, mm-hmm. but perhaps there were other resources out there or, or you saw that. Well, once again, thank you Lane and um, for not only spending time with us today, but also being so transparent about what I presume has led you to this work. Mm -hmm. And sadly, you said something that, you know, Kate's Club has grown. And I guess while you would love to be put out of business one day, that is not realistic, is it? And we layer in what um, has happened to our our communities over the last couple of years, indeed to our entire world, and we've just got more. So tell us a little bit uh, about the numbers, Lane, of uh, people you serve, of the percentage of children who have experienced profound grief. What does that look like? Yeah. So 
let, let me just throw some statistics out at you kind of in a national and a state level and then okay. talk about kind of what we've seen at Kate's Club. Um, so before we, we used to say one in 14 children in the U.S. will experience the death of a parent or a sibling before age 18. So since um, the newest statistics taking in account 2020, but not 2021 yet, because we have to go back two years, the organization that does this work, um, you know, has to wait about two years to get the, the latest information from their sources is, uh, is gone to one in 13 children in the U.S. And that's just parent or uh, sibling. It doesn't take into account a caregiver, a grandparent that maybe was caring for the child or living with a child. And we know in Georgia, the statistics gone from one in 13 to one in 12. So if you look at a classroom, say that's two children in every classroom. Um, and we know in some counties in Georgia, that statistic can be as high as one in 10. Um, so, you know, taking into account their deaths by COVID that we think nationally have left about um, in December of last year, it was 167,000 children without a, um, either a parent or a caregiver. Um, we also know the rates of overdose have increased in the past two years, overdose deaths, and the, the homicide rate has increased over the past two years. So these, you know, those are just that 167 is just talking about COVID related deaths. So if you can imagine how many other children might've been impacted by other deaths. Absolutely. I was looking at that recent CDC report that talked about death um, by firearms in both the homicide and suicide category. Mm -hmm. And it was sobering to say the least. Yes. So, um, Okay, so we have this tremendous need and unfortunately an increasing need. How does Kate's Club fit into all of that? All right, so we have been around almost 20 years. Next year will be our 20 year anniversary, but we've really evolved in that time from an organization that Kate Atwood started to get children together who, who knew, um, you know, could connect with one another rather and know what each other's going through. So they always said that, that their friends don't get it. You know, when this happens to you necessarily, your friends don't get it. So to bring kids together, they kind of get it. And it's evolved into really something much larger as we knew they need it. Um, therapeutic activities. Now we're not clinical. We don't offer clinical counseling or one-on-one -on -one counseling. We do group therapeutic, social, and recreational activities. So we really have at our heart still that, that Kate wanted is bringing kids together to have fun, but we also know now what they need. And that's mm -hmm. those therapeutic activities. They're all experiential. We do art, play, music, games, horticulture, improv, circus arts, you name it, we do it at Kate's Club in a group setting. Um, so they're connecting with friends and uh, people their own age. And then there are buddy volunteers. Are, so our organization is mainly run by volunteers. We're a small but mighty staff of about uh, 10 and a half people. And uh, so who works directly with our children are buddy volunteers. Those buddies, I would say about 75% of them experienced the lo a loss at a young age. 
so or a younger age, you know, so they really um, feel drawn to our mission and say they wish they had had a Kate's Club when they were, they were younger. So we we couldn't do the work we do without them. Without but them, yeah. um, we provide year round services. So we, um, you know, there's there's some one time bereavement camps that are just great. But we also we do things every month. We have family nights. We have, um, you know, Father's Day is coming up. So we'll have a special program for those children who experience the death of a father, just like we did at Mother's Day and Siblings Day. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have a special program at the holidays. But we, we don't quit. Even in the summer, we're, you know, we don't take a, a summer off. We, we go year round. Um, and is there any age when a child um, needs to enter your program or you're open from years five through 18 or we are we are open to children five to 18 who have experienced the death of a parent sibling or primary caregiver Um, but we just launched this year and a young adult program for those 18 to 30 um, that's done a little differently because, you know, they, they love virtual. So we meet <laughs> twice a month virtually and, and once a quarter to do an activity, but, um, that's going really well. Um, it was definitely an underserved group. I'm, I'm so glad to hear about that. And, you know, we, everybody in the health and human services field, well, we worry about all children and youth, right? But particularly that population, we have high rates of suicide ideation that was already present before 2020. But then you pile on, you know, those are the people who have kind of reached the age where they realize their parents are caregivers. Oh, probably did know what they were talking about, right? Right. <laughs> and perhaps have come out of, you know, teenage rebellion or whatever, and then to lose that yes. primary caregiver um, right. at an age when you're anticipating that life will be, you know, like my parent will be around to see me right. get married or meet my significant other and mm-hmm. start my own family. And then when that person's not there, heavens. Yes, it's a big time of so many transitions and decisions. And what we've found, our groups are made up probably about half of people who experienced the death of a parent or sibling as a child. Oh, okay. And about half who had recent experiences. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I've done a lot of research and trainings around this topic of grief through the lifespan. So how does early loss the trajectory is a very long trajectory. It's mm. a lifetime. You know, grief is not one event. It's a, mm. a journey. Mm-hmm. And so what we've found, especially with young adults, they're revisiting um, that grief. So now my dad won't get to meet the person I'm going to marry, or now mm-hmm. my mom's not here when I'm thinking of having a child yeah. or now um, all these things that come or just deciding do I go to grad school or do I, yeah. go to, you know, all those things that, that parents not there for, they revisit. And then if they've experienced the death while they're young adults, you know, just even um, learning to cope with mm-hmm. that. Um, we've had a few people who experienced the death of a parent when they were younger and now mm-hmm. have experienced the death of a second parent. Oh, wow. So, yeah. you know, it, it just, um, there's a variety of people, but they all seem to 
really connect on that one thing, which is, is coping with their grief. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No matter how many years removed right. from the, uh, mm-hmm. the physical loss they are. Yes. Wow. Um, Lane, to go back to when you were talking about the different activities, I, I picked up that a lot of them were arts related, either performing arts or visual arts. And not only is that fun, but I think there's some research out there that really talks about the the therapeutic nature of those and what it can do to um, for the, the brain to reestablish right. connections and all that. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So we know experiential activities have to work, you know, are we have with children, they're not going to sit in a circle necessarily and just talk to you about your, their feelings. Sometimes yeah. with teenagers that ends up happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we also know that children don't have to talk to feel better. So when they're doing something expressive and they're in a group with their peers, you know, that those these build connections, not just in their brain, doing a piece of art, but in their uh, connection with the person that died many times is keeping that continuing bond. Um, things we do like improv is, is building that self-confidence and, um, you know, making sure they know they have a voice. Um, and so it might be not be directly talking about grief while we're doing improv, but it's working on things that we know can take a hit when they're grieving, which is Mm self-esteem and it's working on connections with their peers. So really, you know, the arts are just so powerful to um, both connect people together, people with the person who died and, you know, just build those connections and those skills in within themselves. Um, Another thing we do is echo arts. So we're lucky enough at our location even though it's right off Interstate 85 in Brookhaven to have an outdoor area mm-hmm. where we can, um, kids can explore in nature and some woods and they do activities that connect them to nature and ground them. And um, we also have horticulture therapy come sometimes. So playing in the dirt and planting things is so healing and powerful So we really think our philosophy is anything can be therapeutic if it's presented in the right way, if it's Mm -hmm. facilitated in the right way. Mm -hmm. Lane, um, ultimately, this is a podcast about mental health. Can you talk about the role that grief plays and how it is and perhaps is not connected to mental health conditions? I mean, of course, we talk about um, depression and the sadness, but there has to be some deeper and probably um, broader connections there. Well, well, we know children, um, if they're supported in the right way, who who experience their early loss can do quite well. But we also know that many children are at risk. Unaddressed Mm -hmm. grief um, has profound risk. So... Uh, one of those is school, starting to decline in school. There is higher risk for depression as adults, anxiety, substance use, and even suicide. So if there is an increased risk of suicide of children who are bereaved as children, uh, adults who are bereaved as children. And um, if that parent, say, has died by suicide, that risk triples for uh, an adult to die by suicide. So um, 
just to, you know, we know there's risk related to unaddressed grief. Mm -hmm. Grief is a normal reaction to loss and it's a normal life event. So we don't Mm -hmm. want to make grief itself a pathology, of course, and it's different than depression. You know, I, I say grief is, is, has many of the same, um, you would say symptoms of depression, Mm -hmm. but I think in what kind of differs is, um, over time, you can see yourself feeling a little better. You can still have moments of joy and happiness. While you're clinically depressed, you usually don't have those things. Okay. Now, they can be conditions that, that happen together. And mm-hmm. definitely grief, especially if not supported, can lead to depression. But grief itself is not a pathology. As you said, it's a normal life event. But we need, it doesn't mean we don't need support through it. We Mm -hmm. need to be able to process and, um, and share and get good coping skills so that that there aren't these more serious outcomes, because it is one of the ACEs, the adverse childhood experiences now. Um, So we know that, uh, you know, being bereaved as a child really does have some risk if it is unaddressed. Absolutely. And let's go a little bit deeper on that adjective unaddressed. I'm guessing that there's probably a school of thought. I'm just going to say an old school of thought that, well, maybe if we just don't talk about the person, then that will help the child get over it quickly or heal quickly. But I'm guessing it's just like we tell people, don't be afraid to talk about suicide to someone who looks vulnerable because they've already thought of it. You're not putting the idea in their head. And so if you don't talk about the person who you've lost, then I'm sure the child starts having all sorts of questions. Like, why aren't we talking about daddy Mm -hmm. or why aren't we talking about Mm -hmm. um, mommy? For sure. Um, You know, some adults will tell me, you know, I'll I'll do an intake phone interview and they'll say, I I, I say, you know, how are you coping? They say, Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to be strong. We don't, I don't Mm -hmm. talk. I don't show my emotions. And then I'll ask them, well, how's your child doing? I don't know what's wrong with them. They don't talk. They don't share their emotions. Oh, boy. Um, So it's really about modeling Mm -hmm. healthy grieving. And that is by talking about the person. Um, Sometimes that child's not ready at that point, but to bring them up in normal conversation and to talk, um, to continue, you know, I talk a lot about something called continuing bonds where we can still be bonded with that person, even though they're not here physically. So, you know, remember when your mom made the best macaroni and cheese, I know I can't make it like that. Or Mm -hmm. remember the goofy faces your brother used to make every night at dinner and made us laugh, you know, and sometimes those memories at first are painful, Mm -hmm. but usually, uh, you know, with time, they bring a smile and a laughter but to not um, talk about the person really does send the message that that something's wrong with me. Then, if I'm thinking about the person, yeah. And you know, I there's a quote that you know a person dies the first time when they die physically, but they die for good when we speak their name for the last time. And yeah. so, to to keep those stories and to keep that person alive for. Um, for children and for, you know, the families themselves is, is really helpful being authentic with our feelings as adults. You know, I tell parents what, 
the parent child has to know you can still take care of them and they're going to mm-hmm. be okay as a family. So there's a really important message to send there, but you can tell them when you're having a bad day, mm-hmm. you know, I really am missing your sister today. It's a mm-hmm. hard day for me, but I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so knowing that, you know, we can have these hard feelings, but we can share and talk about them as a family is really important. Absolutely. Um, wow. Thank you so much for, for bringing that to the, the forefront um, of that. So how, how do people find out about Kate's Club? I mean, your work is so marvelous. I, I want to use the term unique because I do not know of another organization in the area and maybe even in the state of Georgia that's doing the yeah. kind of work you are. Yeah, we really don't know of an organization, you know, that is, is, uh, I mean, there are different organizations around the country, if anybody happens to be listening outside of Georgia, to check in your area, but we do have virtual um, programs now as well. So people and I, 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 you know, I'll talk a little more about our services after I say how to people find out about us. Uh, We get referrals from school counselors, from therapists, from uh, hospice workers, from a lot now is just word of mouth. So um, anyone who's interested can go to our website, www.katesclub.org. We also do, we do a lot of trainings with professionals who work with children. So we do a lot of trainings with school systems, all the school counselors, sometimes with the teachers um, to inform them about grieving students, but to also let them know about our services. Uh, another thing I love to mention in case I'm sure there's school people listening out there is Kate's Club offers um, to come into your school and do six week um, support groups, grief groups with children. So a good portion of our reach now is through our community presence is in the schools. Um, we in those groups, we can offer it to anyone who has experienced the death of anyone close to them. And um, in schools also, we do something we call community care. So right after the crisis, maybe they need uh, some support if there's a death in their school or organization and we can come out if children have been impacted and help with that. Like a beloved teacher or administrator or something. Or another student, something like that. We do do quite a bit, unfortunately, Unfortunately, of of that. Um, And so- you know, there's all in, we do professional trainings and community trainings, you know, so, mm-hmm. so parents um, working with PTAs and organizations like that to, to connect families uh, with resources and information. Right. Well, and I want to give Kate's Club a big shout out because you did lead a, um, I guess, an awareness presentation. Yeah. Um, it was for the Georgia PTA back in the fall. And then the Cobb Collaborative, we partnered with you all on the three part part lunch and learn series yes. earlier this year. Oh, that, that was just fabulous. So, um, okay. So you've mentioned your virtual programming, your, um, the, the experiential activities. Um, talk a little bit more about the camp, the summer yeah. camp yeah. that's available. Right. So camp is a part of our um, regular programming. Oh, so okay. people would have to become members of Kate's Club to go to camp. But camp okay. is probably the highlight of our year. We sure. go in April and August for a weekend camp out at our um, at Camp Twin Lakes, who's a mm-hmm. wonderful partner of ours in their location in Winder, Georgia. 
-hmm. And you can really, you know, you think what could three days do, you know, what could Friday from Sunday afternoon do, but you really see a transformation in many children of that friendship of maybe, you know, one of the biggest things you see um, is when there's a death in the family is a lot of anxiety, a a separation anxiety for the child, sometimes Mm -hmm. for the parent too, especially Mm -hmm. in a sibling loss, like parents being really nervous about sending their child away and children being really nervous about being away from their parent. And so this overnight camp with their buddies that they've gotten to know through coming Mm -hmm. to programs at Kate's club is really amazing. And to see them try new things like uh, rock climbing or paddle boarding, or, you know, we've had children learn to ride a bike at camp and horseback riding and, and things yeah. they just fall in love with and trying for the first time is really amazing. Oh, I am sure. Um, oh, that's terrific. And yeah, you're right. Never discount the, the power of just a long weekend. I know our son, whenever he would participate with our life team group um, at our mm-hmm. parish and go away on a weekend retreat, he would come back really recharged, re-energized, yes. uh, you know, a, just a slightly different version of the mm-hmm. person he left as on Friday afternoon. Yeah, I love that. A slightly different person because a lot of times you do see that. Yeah. 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 Um, well, Lane, we've covered so much um, and just wonderful information for our community. Is there something that we didn't talk about that you feel it's important that you want to share? Um, you know, I would, I, I do want to make the point, I, I don't think we shared this, that our programs are at no cost to anyone oh, we're okay. serving. So no cost mm-hmm. to our, um, our, our families or mm-hmm. no cost to students or schools, frankly, mm-hmm. if we do a, a school group. So that's all funded by grants, individual donors, events, uh, sponsorships, corporate pe- sponsorships. So I just want to you know, we have such a great supportive community, but a cost, you know, we believe it should never be a barrier for a family for getting help. And um, even relatively, you know, you could be doing pretty well middle-class family and a death happens in the family. And you go from maybe, you know, one, two incomes to one or one to none. So Mm -hmm. we we do make it really um, a part of our mission to always provide that at no, um, fee for families. And I guess the other biggest news is that we're looking to move outside Metro Atlanta as well. So we are looking in other areas and doing trainings with professionals in other areas of the state, which we hope we can have a presence maybe one day, you know, to do school support um, or even another clubhouse location. So that's really exciting because we know there's many areas of the state where they have no ongoing support. And we know that clinical count, even counseling is very sparse in other areas of the state. So, um, but we do something a little different than counseling. Sometimes our kids are going to counseling and coming to us. So, Uh and we can always try to make referrals if we feel children need individual therapy, but we do think we do something that's really important because we know grief, um, Groups work really well for grief because it kind of normalizes the experience. And we do have parent groups as well. So if your child's a member of Kate's Club, we support the parents and we support the whole family. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're just excited to think about taking that out of 
just metro area and, and serving areas, maybe in southwest Georgia or coastal Georgia, and seeing what that looks like. Yeah, looks absolutely. Like. Well, and as we think about different areas of our state that are impacted by natural disasters, I mean, southwest Georgia still hasn't right. really recovered from Hurricane yeah. Michael, I think it was a mm-hmm. couple of years ago. And so, you know, there's loss there. And, and they were severely, the Albany area was severely impacted by uh, COVID. COVID, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were in the national news like every right. day in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one, um, a couple of things that you just added there, Lane, as you were talking about your services and no cost barrier, I mean, loss doesn't discriminate. It can hit any family Mm -hmm. of any cultural, ethnic, religious, right? I mean, it's unfortunately Mm -hmm. it doesn't, or maybe it's fortunate. I mean, it doesn't no, it does it not discriminate happens. at all. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. that's a wonderful thing I see in our programs is children and teens that would never meet otherwise. Yeah. You know, that meet at Kate's Club and see and form for friendships, you know, um, because it is so diverse in its nature. Yeah. So. I guess if we, if we have to find a silver lining, maybe that's it, right? Yeah. That different yeah. connections, new connections and friendships are made that otherwise, I mean, I know that doesn't replace it, but at, at, yeah. at least there's right. those connections can, yeah. can be formed. So wonderful. Well, Kate's club is never a club you want to join. Yes, <laughs> and, sure. and I tell fam- new families that, but I say, but then, you know, we're glad to be here when we're needed. Yeah, absolutely. So Well, Lane, what a treat for our listeners today, a treat for me who, you know, yes, I was familiar with Kate's Club, but the conversation with you about the different programs and activities just really opened my eyes to all that you offer. And so thank you. Thank you to the entire team, the small but mighty team that brings this so needed um, to not only Metro Atlanta children and families, but soon to be um, more of Georgia. So thank you. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. And listeners, thank you for tuning in today. And to be sure that you don't miss any future episodes, please subscribe to our Mind Your Mind Speaks podcast. Also, we ask that you leave us a review on Apple. Until next time, remember there is no health without mental health. Please mind your mind and keep an eye on the loved ones in your lives.